following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is the Players' Lounge, broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. All right, it's Friday, so that means it's time for the Players' Lounge, and the boys are back together week number two. Danny McRae, here he is, baby, here he is. Back-to-back weeks? Listen, hold on. Hey, I can't believe it. I know, man. Mm. Church, you nervous? Mm. You're sweating over there. You know, I don't know what it is about the studio, but as soon as I get up in here, man, I don't know. The the beads start, you know, swelling up on top of my head. I feel some drips coming down. I'm like, man, we in the studio. Somebody give this man a towel. I don't know what it is, man. Lights, camera, action, I well, guess. I don't know. Wow. Home studio, it ain't like this. Home studio, it ain't like this. Oh, we, we know you got a really, really nice man. home. Church, oh, here we go. Church out here sweating like some of these uh, veterans are here. <laughs> you ain't lying. Dan Quinn right on about now. notice. They on notice. They sweating like me. Hold on, what you said the eyes were on my, on my man Big Mike? You got that sweat on him too, huh? Oh, oh, oh. So, Big Mike, yeah, Big Mike. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, we'll dive in. Okay, we will dive into to, uh, Mike McCarthy and uh, the hot seat there. This mm. is the Players' Lounge. Uh, Danny McRae back for a second week in a row here. Former Dallas Cowboys safety number 40. There's Barry Church, number yes, 42. Indeed. Former Dallas Cowboys safety. I'm Newey Scruggs. Merely a... Uh, a reporter for the Cowboys. Yeah, Emmy, Emmy Award winner. Don't, uh, don't, don't let for, him. For, for a minute or two. Mm-hmm. For a minute or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights. Actually, I wasn't reading it. He read it. So the audio book is really good. Okay. And the Cowboys used to train in Austin. That's when I first covered the team. With Jimmy's last year. And there was a black club on 6th Street called um, Catfish Station. And a couple years later... Maybe a year or two later. I remember the white guy was a waiter at the catfish station. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Come to find out it was Matthew McConaughey. Mm. And I did not know it. Oh, he he said this in the audio book. It was in the audio book. He's like, yeah, I got a job at catfish station. My best friend worked on 6th Street, too, about five or six clubs down called Wiley's. And I said, was that McConaughey, the white guy waiter? He's like, yep. So him. he was. So it sounds like he was the only uh, yes. white. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it was black. It was all, it was it was all, all black, black club. Yeah. Okay. It was all black club. He was. A, he was the only white so, guy. Grew up in cell. So he's invited to the cookout. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. But Let's check, make his, make sure. check, check out his audio book. Right. Check out his audio book. Right. Those were fun days back. I remember one time running into Emmett and Michael Irvin at the Catfish Station out there during training camp. That'd be a dangerous spot to have camp. Yeah. I mean, you got Sixth <laughs> well, Street right Street. there. I mean, you know, in Oxnard, we way off in the cut somewhere. When the podcast is over. podcast is over. There was one bar called the Copper Tank on Sixth Street. Mm. And I tell people all the time, this was when the media member and me lived off the cowboy. You with the team? A little bit. A couple. Do you know him? Yes, I do. I know I know E. Yeah, yeah. How, how Jake said, hey, of course. Knew, knew he walked around, he had his microphone in his pocket. <laughs> he tried to get in the club like, hey. hey you know, you no, no, then you didn't have to. You just walked in with you them. In. You walked in with them. Well, they were there too. Got this hanging yeah. off his little thing, man. You know. You know. <laughs> 
<laughs> see, you yes. see the star right here. Yes. I see you with your badge. Too. I come well, leave, come back, my man. Turn your No, we had the media pass back then. Yes, sir. This is who I am. Yes, yes. I I leached off. I was 23 years old, living off the Cowboys. You smart man. Yes, sir. Living right off the Cowboys. Because after a while, you know, they couldn't get to them. So, you know, you was next up. Give me all the info you got. Look, no. No, I'm not. I was single. Look at him. Single man. What? I was a single man. I was a bachelor. I did bachelor things. The walls could talk. Mm -hmm. Yes. Fly on the wall. So so Las Vegas came out with odds this week that have Mike McCarthy as the first head coach to lose his job. Seven to one odds. I mean, you know, they they got bets on everything. Yeah, you know, yeah, they got bets on everything now. So yeah, yeah, they got Mike McCarthy as the number one guy. Oh man, I don't see it. I mean, I know. Do you see his hot his seat being that hot right now? I I don't think when Jerry's reaching almost eighty years old, I don't think we can do we can, anything is possible. Yeah, he wants to win now. We we know Jerry wants it right Any, now. Right. So anything is possible. I don't think. I mean. I, I did not foresee this defense becoming making as many wholesale changes as they did. Yeah. We knew there'd be changes. I didn't think there'd be this many, but this is Jerry saying, "Okay, fine." I mean, Jerry finally said, "Jason, I love you, but I can't do this anymore." So I don't know what if he's disappointed again. I don't know what he'll do. I will never forget the two looks on this man's face when they lost at New England. And they had Tom Brady and Belichick against them. It was a game they should have won, mm. lost on special teams. The anger and disappointment, and then the tears he had after Buffalo beat them on Thanksgiving Day and Cole Beasley got carried off the field. Mm. I mean, the, it made the man cry. So I'm sitting here looking at this. This is, as he's getting older, you take this stuff more and more personally. Yeah, and, then, and if you look at it, he, he's in the win now mode. I mean, they feel like they got they got their leader, Dak Prescott. He's under contract. He's ready to roll. Their offense, in my opinion, it could be a top five offense, especially with that receiving core. You got a healthy Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins coming back, so they can run the ball a little bit. And uh, I mean, I just to me, I think he thinks, look, this offense is geared to go. It's geared to go. We got to make some changes on defense, like you said. We got a wholesale change, but he's ready to win now. And he's like, look, McCarthy, I done let you bring your boy Nolan in. Now you bringing in Dan Quinn. Something's got to work. If this don't work, I'll let you bring in all you guys. I'll let you get the tools that Dan Quinn needs to get this defense going. If we don't get this thing rolling in the right direction, somebody got to go. Yeah. I'm not taking it, so somebody got to go. I, I'm going to tell you why this man's seat is hot, all right? And it's, it's not because of the record that they had last season. It's because of the performance and the lack of buy-in from the players. All right? They have not come out and looked that way. And I don't know how many years. I mean, at least when JG was here, we was losing. We was going eight and eight, but we were bought in and we were losing. It was the never last a question. Game to go he to had play. the team. Yeah, he was, had the team. You never had that question. And then last season, it was so obvious where everybody saw it and everybody called it out. You had players coming in talking about they're not running to the ball. Uh, the guys talking about watch the film and the film was horrible. Like you had all these bad things going on, you know, inside the team and in the locker room where Jerry's like, nah, if we see that again, Let me ask then you we're going to have that same issue. Do you think, McCray, do you think that a lot of that, you know, turmoil and all that, you know, inside the locker room, all that stuff, do you think that had a lot to do with their leaders not being in there? You know, Dak Prescott being out, you know, a lot of young guys trying to take that leadership role to the next level, but they weren't able to do that. Do you think that had a lot to do with, you know, the turmoil inside the locker room and just the the at odds it seemed like the coaches and the players were at? Yeah, I think I think it, was, it had a lot to do with the leaders, but I also think it had a lot to do with the staff. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think the staff came in and, and and figured out a way to get these guys to buy into what they were selling. Um, and that's from the the wait staff. You know, we we got Wojcik, uh he, he left, so mm-hmm. they had a new wait staff. They had a new guy come in. They had to buy in for that. Mm-hmm. The D, uh, DB coaches, we obviously know that nobody was buying into That's that. True. And then we had no idea what was going on on offense. We talk about it on the show all the time. What is the identity of the offense? So you got players on the offense who have no idea what the identity is and what they should expect for the upcoming game. And the defense was atrocious. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it all on all levels, it was, it was bad. So if you have another season of that, those odds are right. Yeah. In the only movie, well, Prince made two movies, but the only movie that was a hit in Purple Rain, <laughs> the club owner, Billy, says to Prince, because he ain't calling the kid the time, kid, I got three acts. I ain't got room for four. Better kick, them, kick butt tomorrow night else. <laughs> <laughs> so homeboy picks up, picks up that guitar, goes to the stage, and bu- busts out Purple Rain. There it is. <laughs> Big, Mike, <laughs> Big Mike better have some Purple Rain coming on up out here. Big Mike go. better have a crowd waving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You better have them all like that. What? You better have them in tears. And then come out with follow it up with Baby I'm a Star. I mean, he's going to have to perform like that because they, Jerry Jones does not have time to waste. Mm-mm. He does not have years to spend. He's giving you the money and the resource. I mean, you guys have been to different teams. You in Chicago, you were up there, Jacksonville. What else could you ask for? You can't. When you talk about facilities, um, finances for the team, I mean, everything is here. You've got a tremendous practice facility. You've got a tremendous stadium. There's no excuses. Mm-mm. You got it all right there. And as a player, I mean, what else do you want from the Cowboys? I mean, off the field, you make so much money. I mean, it's ridiculous with that star on your helmet. Like you said, you got all the practice facilities, all the best equipment. You got the top end at everything you can have. But for some reason, we haven't been able to translate that into W's. So I think we we got to get this. Like you said, McCray, he has to put his imprint on this team. He has to get this philosophy going in the direction that he wants it to go, or he's going to go down with the ship. Like you said, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 we got to win now. Jerry's in the win now mode, and if Quinn can't do that, I mean, I, we've seen it done. He he gonna have to ship. ship Rock, kick well, rocks. Well, you know, I'm, I'm Quinn top ten this season. All right, so oh, I'm yeah. just telling you, we, we, our we, defense we, top ten this season. <laughs> That's so I'm not even worried about that. I'm worried about. Did you go about, to the OTA? Huh? Did you go to the OTA practice? You, well, you, you, you know, I didn't. No, I did not go to OTA. Okay. First of all. That don't matter, all right? You got to get out there and put your helmet on somebody. That's when we'll know if these guys really came to play. You know, like I know, OTA practices, non-padded practices, that's what they are. They yeah. are none. Football is a contact sport, so you never really know. I run out there and tag somebody off right now. <laughs> that don't mean that I'm going to get out there in week one Boy, and go try to strike them with, yeah, with the tackle. It's not, it's not the same. So they can look as good as they want to. We can have the 2011 Tyron Smith and Dak coming out here saying he got the the best, the most in shape uh, tackles all they want to, but until you get out there in between those lines and put that helmet on somebody, you have no idea but, what the hell's going on. But do you on. think these OTAs, these this offseason, this mini camp that they're going to have, do you think it'll prove dividends? I mean, because last year we didn't have it. We didn't have OTAs. We didn't have none of that. And, you know, the proof was in the pudding as we saw for the regular season. So do you think they can improve with these OTAs going on right I, now? I think, I think absolutely. I think them going back to a 4-3, things that they are, are familiar with, mm-hmm. and then being able to uh, put Dan Quinn's little touch on it, I think that'll, that'll help a lot. I think the biggest part of last year was 
they switched the entire scheme around. They did. These guys had not done this in their uh, football careers, and then we asked them to do it with no OTAs, mm-hmm. a really, really light training camp, and then going to week one against some pretty pretty good offenses and, 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 and try to uh, produce, and it didn't work out. Uh, so getting back to a 4-3, getting back to the basics, getting out here and, and uh, Dan Quinn, like – being able to put his imprint so they understand what he wants. He wants them to hustle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's going to get out there on the front line and show this is what I want from you, and if you can't do it, then you won't be on this team. So getting that and getting that attitude out on this defense, I think is going to help. Top 10, Newey. This is why the Players' Lounge is 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 it's just a different podcast than the other ones because if you listen to the break and just their thoughts on the OTAs, there's a whole lot of positives, and you just came right out there and you just – just pour cold, cold water right on everything. How many times have you like seen somebody say, "Bro, that OTA was bad." Like they went on on uh, analyst came out or whatever, and at the end of OTA, it was like we had a horrible OTAs. I just was gonna actually mention one guy from the OTA. Who we talking about? Who we talking about? Here, no. Demonte Casey. Okay, that's your that's your boy. <laughs> And, That's and your boy. I wouldn't necessarily say he's my boy as much as I I had stressed that I thought Dan Quinn needed to be able to bring in his own coaches and some players who understood the scheme. Mm-hmm. And coming off an Achilles, he looked like, okay, this is a guy who, who's going to be able to play this fall and help this team. Because we were wondering, is he going to make the club? Yeah. Is he going to make the club? I know it's an OTA, but he was out there and he was very active. And I just said to myself, okay. This is a player who might be able to help them. And and DeMonte KZ, when when he was healthy, was a playmaker for the Atlanta Falcons. They need some playmakers here. So that, to me, what I took away from the OTA was, hey, look, for a guy coming off an Achilles, I think, you know, so far, better than I thought, this could be good. And that's a hell of a sign that he's even participating in this early part of OTAs where it's kind of just, you know, you got individual drills, you got a couple team drills here and there. But for him to even be out there with them, that's a huge sign. Because I would have thought, you know, he would have been on the sidelines with Britt doing those band works and just getting acclimated. I'm saying that, man. I'm all over this right now. To getting back onto the field. But like you said, he's out there. He's doing his drills and he he looks good. So for me, that's that's a hell of a sign for this defense because the one thing I preached since the offseason was they needed a guy back there. And you do as well, Nui, that they needed a guy back there that can control this defense, that can be the quarterback back there in the secondary. As a linebacker crew in that front seven, you got veterans down there, Jalen Smith, LVE, that can control that, get those D linemen and everybody moved in the right direction. But you didn't have that at the safety. So they brought in KZ. He knows the system. And for him being out there this early in OTAs, that's a heck of a sign because he knows it. And if he's healthy enough to get back even – even three-fourths of what he was, a ball-hawking safety back there, that'll prove dividends for this defense, and hopefully he'll be able to improve out there. So it sounds like you're preaching for a top ten to me. Uh, oh, all of a sudden, the guy out there flying around. Right. You got I veteran linebackers. You got a first-round pick. You last to a season said uh, Diggs, was, he's going to prove, and he's going to be the top-paid cornerback and all that stuff, getting a new contract. So what I'm saying is you got Tank Lawrence, you got Randy Gregory who came on at the end of the season. I mean, if you put together – Everything that we said, never gallop more than the new the new showstopper. So if you put together all this stuff that we have been talking about collectively on the players' lounge, this sounds like a pretty good defense coming up this season. Whoa, 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 whoa! Well, he's he's up. I'm just saying, I'm putting up. it all, I'm I, putting it all together. I merely brought up a positive that I saw from being in the OTA practice, <laughs> and I wanted to point that out while you were poo pooing everything. No, no. About 
No, see, see, they ain't gonna see. Nui like to do that too. I was so, not poo pooing OTAs. I said I will not l- watch an OTA and then say, you know what, we're gonna have a hell of a team based off what I seen in OTAs. Okay. That's that's what I'm and, saying. And I'm not even. I just merely wanted to. I saw a player that I was not expecting to see and out there a lot. So and I said, okay, this to me is a good sign because we've spoken before. Hey, look, you know, the guy's contract's not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. What, what, you know, what's going to happen? Will he make the team? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Hellman, DallasCowboys.com. Uh, you read his work. He spoke with him, and and um, he said, hey, I wasn't, kind of wasn't expecting you out there. He says, I know. A lot of people weren't. And he also spoke about how he was thankful to find a team and just, you know, that whole – NFL life of, okay, mm-hmm. this is what happens, you know, you free agent year, you get hurt, and, you know, where, where, where folks at, where the offers. So he's he's here, um, and it sounds as though he wants to prove something yeah. on a one-year contract. Uh, old Hall of Fame man, baseball manager Sparky Anderson said if he had 23 guys or 25-man Ross of one-year dudes on a contract, he said he went to World Series every year because everybody be out there busting <laughs> in, trying to make sure that they was out there to get a new deal. So if KZ is here, he understands his defense, and he's got something to prove. Looking at his track record in the past, on the upside, the flip side of this, this could be good. So many times we've seen these signings that just have not worked out around here. Don Terry Poe last year, Gerald McCoy. Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin. You just look at these guys, man, it's one you And I'm just merely saying, as I look at the OTA, I can say, all right, so far, one practice in, this guy is doing more than I thought he would be doing, and maybe this could be a signing that helps this football team. Lord knows Dan Quinn needs somebody who can understand his defense. He definitely needs it. And it sounds like he got kind of a chip on his shoulder. I mean, and you like that. I like that about him. Because it sounds like when he came in there, Hellman was talking to him. He's like, yeah, I know I I got doubters. I know y'all don't think I'm going to go out there and and go out there and be able to prove something. A lot of cats, including my Myself thinks, hey, he might not even make the team. But for him to go out there and, and he's not doing a lot of, you know, raw, raw, I'm back, I'm here. He's just, you know, hey, I'm being humble. I'm just, I'm thankful for the opportunity the Cowboys gave me. And now I'm out here and I got to prove my worth. And you love that. You love leaders like that. And I hope he brings that to the whole defense. That just, that's just that leading, that camaraderie, getting them all boys together, getting them fired up. And hopefully he can do that. But remain healthy as well because we're going to need a free safety back there. Hold on, Nui. I just want to, you know, reverse and go back to something that you said. It sounded like you were, listen, Jerome McCoy and Don Terry Poe, those are two very, very different things that happened to those guys, okay, as far as didn't work out. Jerome McCoy got hurt. When we talked about Don Terry Poe, hey, it was it was bad. My man wasn't out there, one of those guys who wasn't buying in, wasn't hustling, and you could see, the, see it noticeably on film. Uh, I've been out for a while, so where's Gerald at this time? He's still on the market, right? So, yeah, he's so, still, he's so out there. you know, we, I know we had discussed him possibly coming back and all this for stuff. Who, you never what? know. I just, I'm just for saying. Who, for, you never who, know. Well, there, there was some stories there was earlier some stories. back, earlier in the offseason, where you know, hey, you know, McCoy might want to come back, but they, but they shut it down. They shut it down. Right? You knew where I was. You knew where I was. Yeah, I knew where you was. I missed some things. My brother, I missed some things. I'm just catch me up. Thank you, bro. Stephen, Stephen had done a radio interview, and and somebody asked him about it. And, you know, Steven just being the open-minded personnel guy, oh, you know, yeah, that, that could be. And, 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 you know, they had been in communication. But once we saw what happened in the draft and where they went, no. I, I, I go back to what Bill Parcells used to talk about. We used to talk about progress stoppers. Bill was big on that. He's like, you know, we don't need progress stoppers. If you've got some of these younger guys, the best way they're going to get 
better is letting him play. Gerald McCoy is an injured player. Hurt players at that age tend to stay hurt. He came here, they had a contract. I mean, think about it. They had a clause in the contract. Hey, man, you hurt that quad, you know, we get go ahead and get you on out of here. Yeah, I'll sign it. What happened? You hurt the quad and got him on out of it. Mm-hmm. didn't cost him anything. So why are we bringing him back? I'm just uh, Tyron Smith. Huh? Tyron Smith, oh, Gerald okay. McCoy. No, I was just checking. Because you were talking about players that, you know, that age. We got a lot of. This is what he said. Players that age. He said, no, he said, that's good. He said, players that age, when they get hurt, they usually stay hurt. That is. I'm just. That was nice. That was nice. You'd be a good lawyer. You'd be a good lawyer. Yeah, I appreciate it. I locked and loaded, baby. Your honor, Gerald McCoy, is an older player than Tyron Smith. And your honor, Tyron. Smith is an all-decade player. Gerald McCoy's not. Your Honor, Tampa Bay rolled out Gerald McCoy, and despite his years of service to the organization, gladly gave his number to Indomitian Sue, mm. and they moved forward without him. Meanwhile, Gerald went to Carolina. You still get life. He I was, don't care what you talking about. Still, <laughs> you still, still went to Carolina, brought a new staff, and said, "We don't need you." you. Still get life. Cowboys <laughs> out there saying, uh, "Yeah, no, the Cowboys." That was a bad bet. Bad bet. Nah, bet. man. Shout out to Tyron, man. I hope he has a great season. Uh, I hope he's a 2011 guy. Tyron was at the uh, he was at the uh, the OTA. Yeah. As well. They they um, had him doing some seven on seven drill work. He and Collins, mm-hmm. he allowed Collins both went out there did some seven on seven. Now it was against air. Oh, I'm going to say, because if you give it to church last week, he, he hey, said an uh, undrafted free yeah, agent yeah, was yeah, going to be. Bradley and I will come Bradley and I will come and <laughs> See, there's context to that story. And Dak heard you because he said he wasn't doing anything. Thank you. Because you never, I told y'all in the story last time, he jumped the snap. You know what I mean? It's just different. Anything can happen between them lines. I'm just glad they're taking precaution with four and keeping him on the low. Absolutely. So they did some work. With bread on the side, and then they ended up leaving for a while. Then they came back and they put them out there on the seven on seven drill when nobody was touching them, and and, and so so that was fine. You're saying mm-hmm. Dak, you know, making sure nobody was around touching Dak either. Dak, um, Dak was making the progress you wanted to see. Okay, okay. So I think if you were a football fan out there and you saw Dak the way we saw Dak, okay, all right, it's coming along. You know, it's coming. So it's along. still not. It's still not. You know, Dak. You know, and then, is, it, is, it, is he is he springing off there, or can you can no, you he, know? He, he rolled out. Okay. Threw, you know, he rolled out on his own. Threw a, threw a bomb to a. Uh, we got video right here, so video of Dak right there. So he ended up rolling out through a through a deep pass to um, CD Lamb. It got picked off by Burton, but you know that that to me was a positive that you could say, all right, all right, hey, look, you know, he can go out here and he, and he can move. Okay. Uh, and Dak said, hey, I, I'm you know I'm a full goal, but you know is he ready to come out here and play a football game? I don't. I wouldn't say that, but to me, what are you looking at right now here in May? You want to see progress, and what I saw from him, I said, okay, I can see some progress. That's true. I mean, I, he still got you know six, what, six, six months. You know, he's, he's got he's, some change. He's, he got some change. And, out and there. they keep talking about he's on pace. He's yeah. doing the things he needs to do. So for me, that was another positive. Like when I saw Demonte K, Demonte KZ, like, okay, yes, we're seeing we're seeing some progress. Okay. Versus you coming out there saying. That's what you didn't yeah, want to see. Like, we didn't oh, want that. Rut roll. Uh-oh. Well, I mean, listen, if he's not ready, I mean, we still got church. Double G, guys, you already know it. Double G is. You know what I'm saying? Easy. We can roll him out that week one against Tom Brady. I ain't going to say. I ain't going to say. <laughs> Devin White. I ain't going to say he's the answer. I ain't going to say he's the answer, but are, are, I'm telling you. Are we hoping that uh, our first round pick, Micah, can be as good as Devin White? Are, are, are you seeing the that type of talent from this guy? I, I'm going to give you. A comparison that someone gave about Micah Parsons in um, 
the DallasCowboys.com draft magazine that people forgot about. Let's take a break, come back, and talk about number 11 and mm. also someone who made a switch of their number as well. Let's dive mm. into that right here on the Players Lounge with Barry Church, mm. Danny McCray. I'm Newey Scruggs. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Adjust your cleats, adjust your pads, even adjust your helmet. But seriously, don't adjust your underwear because once it's seen, it cannot be unseen. Tommy John's fabric keeps you cool and dry on the field or in the stands, and now they even have loungewear. Yeah, loungewear. Shop underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 15% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tight Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough-as-nails elevation tumblers, We've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. Is your family a Cowboys family? Have you taken holiday photos at the Star? Was your wedding theme blue and silver? Have you convinced your kids them is spelled with a D? If so, every game day feels like a vacation to you, so treat it like one. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Back to the Players' Lounge. Hey, don't miss it. Your chance to see the Cowboys at AT&T Stadium this season. A limited number of single-game standing-room-only tickets are on sale. Now get yours today at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. Got to get them tickets, baby. Yes, sir. 17-game season this year. 17-game <laughs> season, man. I know earlier I was like, you know, I said one more game. ain't that bad. But now I got to thinking about it. I mean, weeks 15, 16, you like, man, gosh, practice seemed hard. You know, so I, that's a long one. That's a long, that's a long that, season. That's a lot of games. That's a lot <laughs> one of One by week. And if you think about it, our bye week is early. I think it's like week like week six or seven, you got 10, 10, 11 straight weeks of ball. Man, that's, that's a. It, it is. Look, this is. long. This is why. You're going to really have to develop a good practice team. You know, you had some guys that you're looking at, hey, you know, working and getting better. And we talked before about three of the last four games for the Dallas Cowboys on the schedule are NFC mm. East games. So, you know, at the end, all right, let's just 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 picking it up right here. December 12th at Washington, December 19th at the Giants, December 26th. It's a home game against Washington on NBC Sunday Night Football. Then Sunday, January 2nd, it's a home game against Kyler Murray in Arizona. And then the season ends January 9th at Philadelphia. So this is a this is a you know this is a little chunk right here. These these final these final five games and you know. And then you can go back to New Orleans, start December 2nd. You know, that's a road game. So you're in it with one, two, three, four road games and mm. two at home. So this is a this is a tough stretch for the Cowboys after that Thanksgiving Vegas game. So they they 
That's why you got to take advantage early. Just hearing <laughs> January 9th is a is a that's regular true. is a regular season game. That's like the college football uh, national championship mm-hmm. uh, on that Monday. So just hearing that time and it's still regular be, season. Yeah, well, you, something to get used to. You know what Super Bowl is, right? What was it? Day before Valentine's Day, February 13th in Los, in Los Angeles. Oh, man, it's mm. going to be a lot of upset husbands or a lot of upset wives. That's a long <laughs> year. You think about from when camp starts, which is what, August, mid-August? Yeah. Man, all the way until if you if you make a long Valentine's run. Day. Hold on, wait, what, what decision y'all making in that? In that uh, if, if, you, if you are a fan or one of those guys who goes to the Super Bowl, Annually, they go every year, and now this year is Valentine's Day, and you got to tell the wife, "I'm going to the Super Bowl, or I'm going on a trip with you, or something to do something with you." For Valentine's Day, which one are you choosing? We can make it a weekend, you know. Well, well, now, well, now you got to buy two Super Bowl tickets. You know, okay. running you buy seven, eight thousand. No, actually, actually, you really don't. You really don't. Okay. It's in Lo- First off, it's in Los Angeles. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so you. You know, you can make that a trip. You, you can do one of Barry's spots, like down there <laughs> in Newport Beach, Orange County. Go, here we go. Maybe I got you set up here, the little spot, the, the, the you know the church villa. You know, they'll be all set up right there. Church can get to the game, do his thing. There we go. And because it's February thirteenth, Sunday, Valentine's Day is Monday, so boom, there you go. You straight. So you know, yeah. Okay. That's that's it not happening on mine. I'm you, <laughs> not my, on yeah, duty. My wife ain't on duty. Valentine's Day with her, <laughs> and that's the weekend. That's bad. So, if, if Valentine's Day on Monday, day. that's Saturday, day. Sunday, yeah, and then Monday, you better have something else. <laughs> that's well, I, I, sounds, sounds like a, sounds like a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> like this a, is true. Though. Like that's because yeah. Nui take them dogs Friday for a walk. Nui take them dogs for a walk. He be all right. I'll be all right. I'm Nui outside. You got six dogs. I'm yeah, good, I'm good. Yeah, I'll be out there that Super Bowl. You know where you're going to see me Monday? Monday you'll see me at LAX uh, getting on my flight to come home. There I'm is. going to the game. I'm there going to the game. Let them know. Okay. No. Put your the foot game. down. That's what I'm talking about. Only the one game, pair of pants in your house. The game is on NBC, and I'll be at the game. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. I see you on that red eye. That's yeah. what you're going to see. Yeah. No, you're going to see. Sweating, talking about no the flight got canceled. He didn't rent a car. No, sir. Where the hell is church at? That's what's great. That's what's no, sir. Oh, I love it. I love it. I no, love sir. it. Won't, won't be Wouldn't happen to me. Uh, <laughs> all right. So let's get into Micah Parsons, the Cowboys right. rookie number 11. So I went back and, and was looking at the Star Magazine, and it was um, Doug Farrar. Follow him on Twitter, covers the National Football League. And he spoke about how good he thought Micah Parsons could be. And he said, think of everything you love about Jamal Adams. And now envision that in a linebacker. That's Micah Parsons. Okay, because he can get away with that because Jamal Adams is definitely, I think, one of the premier bot like in the box, linebacker or safety. I think he could he's one of the premier just run defenders in the box, playmaker type guys. I can see that out of Parsons because I don't think they're gonna ask Parsons to go out there and lock tight ends up like they asked. You know Jamal Adams too, and he and he gets work. He's a liability in coverage, so I don't think they're going to ask that of Parsons. I think he might have to guard maybe some running backs out of the backfield. I know Washington got a couple good ones, but overall, I think he can be that type of defender where Jamal Adams in the box, he's elite. You know, maybe outside of the box in space, he's not, but in the box, he's elite, and I think that's what they're going to ask Michael Parsons to do. And I think if he's able to come with it, I think he can be he can be an elite box defender. Man, that's a that's an interesting take because now I got to ask you. If you are starting your defense, who are you picking then? Devin White, 
are you picking Jamal Adams? I mean Jamal Adams. I'm going Devin White. I mean, I'm oh. sorry. I meant, I meant Devin White. I mean, I'm yeah, going yeah. Devin, I meant White. Devin White. I'm sorry. And, and here's what I'll come back to what you just said. They're blue chip players. Absolutely. Yeah. Give me a blue chip play. This defense does not have a blue chip player, no. in my opinion, right now. No, not right and, now. And so if Micah Parsons can can get up here, we're we're talking about him in a conversation of a of a Devin White and a Jamal Adams. If you're the if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, you should you be should, ecstatic. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking for. Do you do you have a blue chip player? And it seems from looking at him on his film and then just talking to different folks around here about him, they're excited about what the football player can be. So we'll see what's the drop off of not playing uh, a year, but they think this is a, a a blue chip football player, and I think we can all agree we thought they needed to get some help, some blue chip help on defense. I thought it may be the corner. That's what the Church and I yeah, are waiting I did on. Too. Didn't happen, but I, I, Michael Parsons, if, if you're telling me this guy could be a linebacker version of Jamal Adams, sign me up. I mean, look what they right look what they asked Devin White to do down there in Tampa. I mean, they asked him to you know be sideline to sideline. Basically, he, he's he's rolling everywhere. He got so much speed he can roll everywhere. And they asked him to rush the passer as well because I believe he had I don't know if it was this year or last year he had like eight sacks, <laughs> eight and a half sacks. So they asked him to be that box defender, and then they asked um, Levante David to be that cover guy to be you know to cover the, the Travis Kelseys, to cover the guys out of the backfield. So I think for sure Parsons can do that. He can run sideline to sideline if he just uses his instincts and he just focuses on what he got to be doing. I think he can. Be be an elite box defender. You got to ask him to watch running backs here and there. But I think he can rush the passer. I mean, if you look at his tape out of Penn State, he had about eight sacks that year. Last year he played at, at Penn State. So he can come off the edge. He can rush the passer. He can be that sideline to sideline, just go get him tackler guy. So I think he can, he can, he can make an impact in that box. I just want to see what he can do in space. I mean, I know he has the athleticism. He has the speed, the explosiveness. But he, can he translate that to the field in space? Because that's where the NFL is going now. It's a space game. NFL, the offenses are going to put you out in 11 personnel going to empty out the backfield. They're going to make you cover guys in space. Can he do that? If he can, he can be elite. I think I think that's the biggest part. I think when you talk about linebackers like Devin White um, and what they're able to do is in space, right? You see mm-hmm. them covering run, uh, running play, sideline to sideline, but when you see somebody catch a bubble screen or the running back catch mm-hmm. a swing pass, the guy is out there. He's making those tackles in space. Yeah. He's rushing up the middle. He's rushing off the edge. He's able to do all that, so you're not able to say, this guy can only do one thing. If he's lined up here, then he has to be covering somebody. If he's lined up here, he has to be rushing. So having that versatility at the linebacker position is big so I want to see Michael be able he's a first round draft pick so I want to see him be able to do do that just in what you guys spoke about here in terms of of linebacker play and and, and being in coverage you think about some of the the players that they're going to face you on, on the schedule you've got you know t- just from the tightest standpoint looking at the vision Rob, Rob Gronkowski <laughs> right up right out the bat over there at Tampa Bay um, Hunter Henry's left Los Angeles but he, he, he's what New England now I believe yeah, he's in New England. Him and John New Smith. Okay, so so they're on the schedule. <laughs> they're on Travis the schedule. Kelsey. Uh, so you've got you know, Philadelphia's got Dallas Goddard. Um, the Giants have Evan Ingram. Said uh, then you got to, you got Hunter Henry, John New Smith over there in New England. Uh, Denver's got um, what's the kid Font Noah Font Noah Font Noah Font Noah Font uh, Atlanta. Mm. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts and uh, and Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. You got Las Vegas. <laughs> mm, Darren Waller out there. All right, look at look at what, this. Look at okay. Let me, what, let me just go through. You, this. Ain't even, you ain't even list the running backs yet. Okay, just, you just, talk about Washington and, and yeah. then you got Saquon. Saquon. Like, you, you got some. You got Sa- Sanders. <laughs> just starting November seventh. Okay, November seventh. Just from a tight end standpoint, you've got 
you've got uh, no fan, fan of Denver. Then it's Atlanta, so you got Pitts and Hayden Hurst. Then you got the next game is, is Travis Kelsey. Mm. <laughs> then after that, you got Darren Waller in Vegas. Mm. I mean, it's, it's stacked up right now. Clyde, it was a layer. Clyde, it was a layer. You got, you got, you got you, Washington for two games. You got the big kid Jordan. Uh, I mean, Logan not Jordan, Thomas. but the Logan Thomas. Logan I mean, Logan he Logan did Thomas. damage to us last year. So, if your linebacker, like your linebackers, like I said, we they have to be able to do. All things. You yeah. got to be able to cover, tackle, and rush. If you can't do that, you will get exposed. Well, let me ask y'all a question. Defense. If you if if we're asking Parsons to be the the Devin White of the of the linebacking core, who who's gonna be Levante David? Like who's because that's the guy who's covering these tight ends. So LVE, Jalen Smith. Nah, that's gonna be one of them Yeah, it's gonna be the safety man. You Keanu Neal, possibly yeah. who had a lot of he had a lot of run with uh, at, at training camp. I mean, not training camp, but at, at the OTAs as well. This is this is the Great challenge for Dan Quinn. Yeah. How does he figure out how to get all this done? I'll say this for Jalen Smith and for Leighton Vanderash. They know you're gonna have to prove it this year. Yeah. Vanderash's contract is up. They declined the fifth-year deal. So he's playing for a new deal. Jalen Smith, you have to understand and know they drafted a guy at your spot. Mm-hmm. So if anything, one of two things will happen. Either these guys are going to be really good because they're playing for their playoff lives, or they'll be bad enough that the Cowboys can just say, you know what, thank you very much. We got a young guy behind them, right? What's uh, from last, is his, uh, What's the young linebacker name? Uh, I know you're talking about uh, 57. Uh, Luke, is it Luke Gifford? Luke Gifford. Gifford? Luke yeah, Gifford. Yeah, yeah, Luke. How, Gifford. How, how is he? Who, how are the young guys behind LVE and Jalen, excluding uh, Michael Parsons? I think it's too early to tell. Yeah. We'll mm-hmm. see, but but I think Cox, but I, I still so. go back. You know, we we Neil, got Jabril Cox. Mm-hmm. Neil, Neil is going to get some play, and He's we'll on. see. It's it's going to be active. I mean, the the beauty is, from what I could tell, is hey, look, there's going to be some competition, and let's see what happens in these preseason games. And and I'm I'm looking forward to it. And plus, we talk about all these games right here. You you know, there's going to be people going to get hurt. We know this. It's the National Football League, so That's there's going to be some opportunities here. Just be ready for your opportunity when it comes your way. And we thought we thought last year there was turmoil in the locker room. You know, players talking about coaches can't talk or coaches can't coach and all this other stuff. Imagine if one of these vet dudes lose their job, lose, get get benched. It, it's going to be what, what type of team or what type of players are, are they going to be? Because that's a, that's a lot of turmoil to take. When you get your job taken as a, as a, as a starter, you're in a vet in this league, and you, were supposed, you was the man last year, and then somebody else came in. It's going to be some turmoil in there. Now, what type of players do we have? Do we have the type that's, you know what, I, you know, he, he took my spot. Let me help this guy learn. Let me help this guy be the best player he can be so he can help our team in the end? Or is he just gonna, are we going to get a bunch of powders? And they're just like, man, you know what, I can't. <laughs> This dude starting over me. I can't believe that. What I'll is tell, this? I tell you this: um, the the fact that the defense was so bad last year and it put everybody on notice that this may possibly happen to him. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to sting, but I don't think it'll be that big of a surprise for some of these guys, right? Okay. Uh, I don't think it's many guys on the defense that can say I was the man last year. Yeah, you no know, sacred cast. No Yeah, and, and really okay. feel that way. I think, and then. The, we, we keep talking about like covering the tight ends and the running backs. One thing we know about Dan Quinn's defense is it's going to be a lot of get to your spot, That's get your eyes, eyes on the quarterback, on the quarterback. Yeah. break and make those tackles. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to have guys who know the zone covers, the drops, the weaknesses, and they have to be able to come and tackle in space. Those are the type of guys you're going to have to have starting out there on your defense. So if it's Jalen, if it's LVE, if it's Jabril Cox, they're going to find the right people to get out there. And then when they go man on man, I think they're going to bring those safeties in and find okay. out who can cover those tight ends and uh, who has the, the, the bigger advantage uh, getting out there on that defense. Okay.
Talking about the safeties, we saw J. Ron Curse out there running with some ones. Okay, that's a bigger safety, right? He's about six four. So, so He's a big he, dude. He was out there. So there, look, they they had a lot of folks going in and out. It was I mean, Dan Quinn was putting people. I mean, it was it was good. You, know, you saw folks going mm-hmm. in and out. Lots of packages. Boom, boom, boom. Your your turn here. I know it's just one OTA, but when you look at what you saw last year, and you look at this. There's a difference. Right, listen, uh-huh. see, this is why I got to get new yet. So, listen, because I got to keep breaking down. When I say OTA and you don't really know nothing, I'm not talking about them being able to know the defense and learn the scheme. I'm talking about who's going to hit, who's going to tackle. The, the stuff that we're talking about, when you got a plant break and drive, mm-hmm. is no longer tagging off. Like, you got to get out there and you got to be able to punish those guys and hit them and turn their pads backwards. So, I think the OTA is going to be great for them being able to learn Dan Quinn's system and get in those right spots. And that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, right so, yeah. To that point, yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. OTAs are great for that. Versus last year, you but church has seen some some stuff to where you too, where guys look great out there when you don't have the talent. Everybody look good. Yeah, then all of a sudden you start forgetting stuff because you're worried about who coming up here to shake you or who gonna juke you, and all of a sudden you look like Mm -hmm. you never did any OTAs because you didn't have that pressure of getting out there and have to make Mm -hmm. those tackles. Well, it was so bad last year. This I'm, this is where I'm celebrating. <laughs> okay, look, the defense was just so bad last year. I'm sitting around celebrating. Oh, yeah, my, my, I, the, you know, you calling top ten. I just got some low Listen, expectations. They could just be better than last year. I, I'm saying top ten, and I'm still hard on them. So I'm just, so, I just, I, what we gonna have, have to earn see it. with McCray and McCray. You know this for a fact. What we gonna have to see is when these safeties are in the buzz hook situation. When I say buzz hook, you buzz into the numbers, and your responsibility is the curl or uh, you getting underneath the curl or the seven route in the flat. Now, when you got a guy running the seven route behind you, but you see Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott coming out on a little one of the little bubble, one of the little bubble. Uh, Bubble, run, screen. bubble screen, or bubble screen, a uh, little flat route, just a little flat route by the running back, and you got to make your choice. Do you let him catch it with all that space, knowing how, how elusive and how big he is, and you got to tackle him one on one, or do you go hug up on him to make sure he ain't got that room to take the catch, and you give up the big bomb behind you? It's a lot of different factors when you get pads on, because you know without pads, oh, I'm gonna just run up there and Absolutely. tag him off. I'm gonna go ahead, he ain't, he ain't <laughs> gotcha. going nowhere. He ain't. <laughs> but when you see that big boy with them pads, you're like, ah, don't want to get up uh, on him quick. Yeah, ah. meet him in the hole one time yeah, man, and yeah. let it hurt, and then you be like, you know what? I got to, I started. I got to start getting a head start. You know what I mean? And, and, and to, that, to that, I mean, we could get on Ezekiel Elliott. That's why you think, I think that they have to run him early because that stuff hurts. Yeah. <laughs> when they when Ezekiel Elliott is able to punish guys in the first quarter, so when you get to the third and fourth quarter, nobody want to tackle this dude. That's why mm. you start seeing those four, five, six-yard runs because they've been getting punished <laughs> since the beginning of the game. Now, when you get five carries in the first half, ain't oh, nobody yeah. worried about that. <laughs> Agree. Uh, so that's offense and defense goes goes the same. So we'll see, man. You we'll get the pads on. We'll Agree. See. All right, uh, let's get get another break in here. We haven't talked about the other big number switch. Mm. There were two switches that I noticed on the field. So, but one mm. got a little bit more publicity than the other at the OTA. Let's dive into mm. that right here on the Players Lounge. Danny McRae, Barry Church, Newey Scruggs. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. At Smoothie King, we are blending goodness to fuel your greatness. Every blend is crafted to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. 
Smoothie King uses only whole fruits and organic veggies. You'll never find sugary syrups or artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. And unlike some other smoothie places, there are zero grams of added sugar in many of our blends. Smoothie King is proud to be the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Place your order in the app or online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now, the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Back to the Players' Lounge. Hey, get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Dallas Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. Join now and get your exclusive fan pack and member benefits. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United for details. Danny McCray, Barry Church, Dewey Scruggs, Players Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. We are in the SWBC Mortgage Studios here at The Star. Jalen Smith. It's paying a half million dollars oh. to switch from number 54. How much was that? How much you say that? Can you say that one more time, one more time. a little slower? How much For the people that? in the back. One more time. $500,000. Clear eyed view. Clear eyed view, baby. Gentlemen, mm. let me read this from Jalen Smith. The number nine is more than a number to me. It is a part of me, always has been. Since I was nine years old, this number has helped me learn how to handle hardship with grace and understanding. The true meaning and symbolism behind the number nine awakened my spirit and has guided me throughout my whole life. Born this number through peewee, middle school, high school, and college. It's been represented in all facets of my life, even with the five plus four equals nine. And I'm excited to be wearing it now with the Cowboys. I'm thankful, humbled, and motivated more than ever, locked in and ready for the 2021 season. As always, I'm ready for the opportunity, and I'll do whatever it takes for us to dominate this year on defense. You've got my word. Blessings. Hashtag nine on me. Hashtag clear eye view. He had to throw that clear out. Yeah. Watch the tape, baby. Watch the tape. What you, what you think, D Matt? What you what you think? Listen, man. man what you listen. This is this is this is the type of stuff that happens, and players put this type of pressure on themselves. And then if it doesn't work out, you see them, you know, go a little crazy. They have no idea what to do. They don't understand the media going after them and all that stuff. So I'm hopeful. Mm. That that my man has a, a great season. Um, sometimes you got to go back to the basics and 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 figure out something to lean on. And I think that's what he did. He actually realized that last season wasn't the season that he had hoped to have. So he's just trying to find any way to get him mm. motivated to play like he used to play. So if it works for him, great. But uh, I wouldn't have done it. Um, I definitely would have paid five hundred thousand mm. dollars mm. for mm. it. 
but mm. I also don't have as much money as Jalen. So uh, I, can, I can't speak on that man's finances, but I don't think it would have been smart for me. Yeah. I hope he has a great season, but as of right now, based off the, uh, the, the film that we saw last year, he should have stayed in that 54 and made a new name for himself. Yeah, to me, I'm right there with you, man. I mean, I'm right there with you. 500, five, first of all, I mean, I'm not in the same tax bracket as, as Jalen Smith. So, I mean, he got 500 bands. If my name, if my last name isn't Gates, Musk, <laughs> Jones, something like that, you ain't getting Bu- Buffett. Buffett, you, mean, you ain't getting 500 bands from me. I mean, the NFL already takes. Everything. If you tie your shoelaces wrong, they trying to get, they trying to find you for some money. Your socks is too high. They trying to find you for some money. So I'll, I'll be damned if I'm ever giving any type of money back to the NFL or back to the Cowboys after they gave me my bread. And then you got to think about you giving them five hundred thousand dollars to take. I mean, we talked about this the other day. You giving them five hundred thousand dollars to take this uh, to take all the fifty fours away. Then they're gonna turn around and make more money <laughs> off of that number nine. nine jersey. So you just you just stacking it up on stacking it up. So to me, I wouldn't have done it um, not only because of the financial stuff but because he had his best statistical season I think his best season as a pro in that number 54 I mean yes this this last year I mean it was a, it was a down year for him but he can come back with that and I'm, I'm a very superstitious dude so I you know I switch up that that number it's like oh man I don't know I don't I, I don't know about that I tie my shoelaces the same make sure everything's right so you switching up that number you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself like you said McCray you're putting a lot of pressure because if things start going wrong that first game he's out there, if he misses a couple of tackles or gets done in in the open field, the media is going to be all over him. Oh, he switched to that number nine. You ain't representing number nine, right? And all this other stuff. And, you know, I see the other side of it, though, because they acting like this number nine. Romo was a great quarterback. He was a good quarterback. But, I mean, he, he didn't do things. Danny White went further in the, in the, in the playoffs <laughs> than Romo did. You got everybody and their mom wearing 11 out here. So, for me, um, I wouldn't have did it for financial reasons. And I'm superstitious like that. So, I don't know. Maybe he can change his new thing and make number nine, you know, a defensive number. But, you know, so we'll see. What does he do if this year doesn't go well? Does he go back? He can't go back now. Nah, he can't go back now. Or does his new team, because he will be on a new team if yeah. he does not play well, yeah. does he go snatch the number nine at the new team? Or is it a start of a brand new? Like, these are the things that you have to think about. Yep. If you have ultimate confidence in yourself, that's fine. Bet on yourself, uh, Ty France. But, but if you don't know... And you, you've been struggling a while, and you're really trying to get get back on the right right uh, right track. Man, just put your 54 on, go out there, and you ball. know what I'm saying, be quiet and ball out. Uh, you know, you got to do the clear out view thing because you got your brand, brand. You have to make your money, but I mean, just focus on the focus on the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> focus on covering the tight end. Focus on planning and breaking. Try your hardest to do that. I understand you got to do what you got to do to make yourself feel a little better. If it works for them, congratulations. But if not. A lot it's of pressure. Be, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of off season. Mm-hmm. You two dudes are why I started that hashtag stop Jalen hate this week. <laughs> <laughs> stop Jalen hate. Number okay. one. Okay. First thing I'd have done, and this is a question I would like to ask Jalen privately. Did you call your CPA? Can this be a tax break? Mm. Can you somehow write this off as a business expense for you with the fifty four? Because somehow, some way, and, and I'm sure, you know, Jalen's one of these guys, he's all in the business. Maybe he has a business to clear out of you, dot, dot, dot. Because I know, you know, right there, shoo. So that's my first thing. So okay. maybe we. We, we maybe, can only speak of what we know. Right. So but I'm just thinking in my head, gotcha. that's the first thing I would mm-hmm. Hey, how can I figure out a way to write this thing down? Uh, number two, he wasn't good last year, but we also understand this. 
Was anybody really put in a proper position last year? I mean, to me, one of the most mind-boggling things I saw about that defense last year was when they switched the two linebackers from the two positions mm-hmm. that, that they had success at and had made Pro Bowls at. So why are we switching them? They put these guys, to me, you put the, you put the two linebackers in places that they didn't need to be, and it hurt them. So I would like to say, let's see. I mean, okay, and this goes back into HR. You know somebody, about told, to get you. somebody told me that, <laughs> human resources. Everybody deserves a chance to fail. Like, you're so fine, you get, you get a chance to fail. And I feel like they're going to give Jalen a chance. Hey, man, here's your chance. Your new defense, we're going to put you right over here. Let's see what you do. Hold on. He knows he's up against it. Mm. Hold on, man. Listen, that, that would all be valid, right? If there were 11 people on the defense who believed that they had bad seasons. All right. There's one person on that defense who watched that film and said, "You know what? I went too damn bad." Watch the tape. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. That that discounts exactly. If that that discounts what you said at the end. Yeah, that discounts what you said at the end. I don't know what you talking about, but uh, I'm not laughing. Talking about at this. so, yeah, like every everybody played bad. Well, that man don't think he played bad. What you talking about? <laughs> so, so we just got it. We just so CB just hit me with this. CB Chris Beam, our producer. What if? Jabril Cox comes in, takes the number fifty four because it's open. Takes the number fifty four, goes out there and he's balling out. He's he takes over. He's balling out in the fifty four. Does 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 that put even more pressure on on Jalen? The pressure's gone. It's out of there. Huh? Yeah, he out of there. <laughs> well, we, well, listen, because this, this is what we talked about. So Dan Quinn, he listen, he's on the line as well. The last dude came in here and got fired after a season. All right, so Dan Quinn not gonna come in here and assume that if he come and have a lackluster year, that he's gonna be guaranteed to be here the, the season after. All right, true. so with his job on the line as well, because he might be tied to McCarthy, who has the highest odds of being uh, fired. Uh, this season, the first coach out of there, they all know that their job's on the line and they have to perform great. So I don't think they're going to lean on Jalen if he's not performing well. If you have a guy behind him who's a ball-hawking guy who's proven to be able to go get those interceptions and cause those fumbles. If he's balling, he's going to play. But this is is also what you want. You want competition. Competition. You want want the competition. He comes from Seattle where Pete Carroll's whole book is called Compete Every Day. So that's fine. Look, I don't have any issues with these guys going out here. Also understanding, look, there's no more sacred cows here. You know, too many years, people have walked around, knew when they had a job, and if they messed up, you heard excuses being made. I'm all for it. I'm all for it all day long. Another topic we uh, need to get to here on the Players' Lounge. Good luck to Jalen, too, by the way. Yeah, good luck, Big Dollar. Yeah, good luck to you. Wow, that was a little heartfelt right there. <laughs> no, I, listen, I, Brother, I, brothers I, like you support as a, the guy. As a, as a, listen, that's a, that's a, as a former player, <laughs> as a former player, I want all these dudes to get up there, play well, make their money, and don't have to deal with no hate. Sure sounds right? like. No sure hate. Sounds like. But sure sounds like. But when play you go out there, ball. when you go out here and you brother. make these type of decisions, you have to be ready for some criticism, and then that should put that chip on your shoulder to make you go out there and prove that the move that you made was correct. I want them to ball out. Okay. But I watched the tape. So okay. I, I want him to play better than he played last year. Speaking of moves. Okay. Ben McAdoo. Mm. <sighs> Offensive Welcome consultant. New former former New York Giants head coach, the last man to take the Giants to the playoffs. Mm. And he's coming down to Consult. Dallas. He's a consultant. He was with your Jags last year. He was. He was with the Jags. How'd that end up? Yeah, too good. I think they went one and yeah, they, won. <laughs> they won the first game. They won the first game. And lost the last What are you consulting about? What are you consulting on? It, it, it reminds me a lot of Kiffin. 
This gives me a lot of Kiffin oh, vibes. Lord. You remember Kiffin came in here as the as the defensive consultant. My man Kiffin couldn't even remember the play that he called. <laughs> uh, by the time that we got into it. Church remembers. We used to be in that meeting room and should be like, this dude just lost all track of what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> he would go from talking to the DM and then he'd be like, Yeah, you gotta drop in the thirds. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> no, what you talking about? You mean the same thing? Yeah, but Kiff, Kiff was he older, you know, he was a little older. But I wanna know what specifically well, McAdoo was consulting on. Yeah, he's got Kellen Moore right there. Yeah, like, well, he, what you know? He was a tight ends coach for for Big Mike in Green Bay. Then he ended up moving to coach quarterbacks, and so he coached the quarterbacks uh, with Aaron Rodgers in 2012, 2013. That helped him get the the uh, Giants offensive coordinator job, and then he ended up becoming the head coach when they ran off Tom Coughlin. So, uh, consultant is a whole lot of things. I mean, we saw uh, Jason brought his brother over to be offensive yeah. quality assistant, and That's so not, not consultant quality assistant is different. Let me tell you something: the, the three positions that you just named, we don't need no consultants on. All right, yeah, the so tight end, so. our starting tight end went down. The second string tight end came down and balled. Shows did his thing last year. Shows did his thing. Can I actually? I'll I'll defend it from this one standpoint. Okay. In the Nick Saban course of his, nobody's nobody gathers more consultants than Nick Saban. It's all he's doing is got you know your career goes to smithereens. You go on with Nick, and he's your consultant, so whatever until you get to the next thing. Brett Bielema became a consultant for Alabama, and then next thing you know, he was uh, got a position coach with New England. I had a head coach uh, for Illinois, I believe, in, in the mm-hmm. Big Ten, and uh, Butch Jones, who got fired at Tennessee, um, ended up as a consultant, and now he's a head coach at Arkansas State. Uh, Ch- Charlie Strong with there, so maybe this is my. Thing and you know all these coaches. We take care of each other. Yeah, Come that's on what over it here. Is. You know, you just be a consultant, and I'll tell you to look at whatever, whatever. But this is boys taking care of boys. That's, a, that's but, all it is. Yeah, that's a, you didn't learn your lesson with Nolan, and then usually you talk about mm. Nick Saban. Well, Nick Saban is also winning a whole bunch of national championships. So what happens when you go to Nick Saban? People assume that you've learned something. All right. Now, so you come consult over here after going seven and nine and having one of the most atrocious uh, efforts that we've seen from a team, and talk about you know this is who you gonna consult for. Yeah, you're not getting let as me, much. Let me defend what you just said from this standpoint. You brought up Mike Nolan. You made him your defensive coordinator. Mm. McAdoo's not gonna be a coordinator. He's a consultant. So he's behind the scenes. Your problem in hiring Mike Nolan, you gave this man real responsibility, and then you, your offensive guy, you clearly you turned your back and was over here with Kellen and and didn't pay attention to everything that was going on behind you, and and that was a problem. So I just asked, he's just a consultant. So is it a thumbs up or thumbs down from you? Listen, I'm just saying, let me finish with that because Big Mike is known to give everybody free reign. All right, so we don't know what the hell McAdoo gonna be back there doing. <laughs> Because we had the special team coach out there calling all type of face. Big Mike, play sheet four Big, and five. <laughs> Big Mike, throw my point out there. Big Mike, we'll get this first. My man Nolan, <laughs> Nolan wasn't giving no like when they was having their coaches meeting. That man Nolan wasn't putting up no game plan. He was like, I, I'm gonna take care of this. Don't I'll worry about it. I show you. I show you on Sunday. So we don't know what McAdoo got going on. But listen, if he can help. Thumbs up but, to him. Right, thumbs uh, up. We, we question, take all the help we can get. Yeah, I guess. Question: if, 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 the sh- if the ship starts going down, man, is <laughs> Big Mike going to take over the reins of calling players? Because last year it was just going downhill. And Mike, Big Mike was like, "You got this, Keller. You got nah, this." He gonna do this, McAdoo. <laughs> That McAdoo. was my analyst guy. They gonna give me one more year, one more year. Hey, McAdoo, you gonna blame this on McAdoo? McAdoo, you made a couple bad. Co- yeah. You the head coach? <laughs> hey, ah, uh, he put the sheet up. <laughs> 
Okay. All right. All right. So, oh, okay. All right. Here you guys beating up on McAdoo here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't think we need anything on offense. If you're going okay. to bring in a consultant, consult on defense. Consult in the yeah. secondary. Consult uh, at the linebacker position. Not the D-line position because Dan Quinn is the guy. But offense, we got, I thought we don't need okay. consult. We got Dan Quinn. Yeah. We don't, we don't need a consult Top 10, on baby. Defense. Top, top 10, baby. 10, top 10, baby. We got George Edwards as our defensive consultant. Remember that. Yes. This is true. But, but, when we, true. but the last time I saw George Edwards out there, that rookie camp, he was coaching the linebackers. I yes, mean, he was. He was yeah. coaching. So that's it. McAdoo's going to be coaching. coaching. <laughs> you know. Hey, Kelly, hey, hey, Kelly watch out real quick. <laughs> hey, he's going to be out there with Dak. Hey, Dak, come over and talk this, to me. This is what you need to do come right here. Kelly, <laughs> Kelly, go over there. Hey, look, this is what, Mac, hey, this is what Aaron Rodgers was doing. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. If you want to learn from somebody who coached the best, you come to me. Come to me. He ain't really coach nobody. Next thing you know, they fighting like Colombo. Dak, I coach Super Bowl MVPs and Aaron Rodgers and Eli Manning come to come to come holler at me. But if you want to listen to Keelan, Keelan? You know, keep listening to Keelan. Hey, start, Go ahead. You start seeing on the gram uh, Dak and McAdoo at dinner. <laughs> Remember how Garrett and, and Dak, Dak and do that? Do that little game. Next thing you know, back, back to it. And Dak after practice. Let's get it. Let's get it right here. Two points right here. One point right here. Come on. Let's get it. The Dak and Mac show. So. Kelly, Kelly, Kelly looking out the window in the top. <laughs> we got to get off Kelly, man. Kelly, Kelly going to be all right, man. Kelly nah, going to be, be good, man. I'm just saying, what McAdoo going? What are you doing? Because you just said George Edwards, all, he's coaching now. And so. it seems to be like McAdoo's a strong personality type of guy. I mean, it's, his last name is McAdoo. Like, I mean, good. He gonna take over the room, you know. <laughs> Consultant ain't gonna last for long. How'd you feel about Julio Jones? Mm. Julio, don't listen. My man been injured. They talking about giving up first round picks for the cat, and I'm like, bro, he been on my fantasy team for two years. Why? You could, I know, ain't that Why? something? Somebody gonna give him a first rounder too, and you will be a dog gonna give it to him. for Julio. I'm telling you, the man got bad hamstrings. What'd you say? Players that age. That are injured. He's pulling a Tyron Remains. Smith. My man got bad hamstrings. This is 2011 Julio. He got bad hamstrings. 2011 Tyron Smith, 2011 Julio. He coming back. And bro. then he not even doing, he probably ain't even doing OTA. So he not even going to be in real That's shape. That's true. That's true. A first rounder? Somebody gonna give it to him. Somebody gonna give it to him. Yeah, they gonna have Bob's <laughs> remorse. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey was out there pushing for him to come to the Rams. So, but, but I heard somebody saying you at least got to give up like some D Hop stuff. I said, what? They didn't give up much for uh, for my man D Hop, huh? No, they didn't. Nah, so, second so, round so, and David Johnson. So yeah, so <laughs> if, you, if you can find a way to to, to to swindle that, then yeah, go ahead. But giving up first rounders, nah. That might have been uh, just homeboy screwing Houston. What, what was uh, oh, O'Brien? No, O'Brien, he might have been like, I'm on my way out of here. Let me. I, I, I just believe anybody that spends a first-round pick on Julio Jones is, is foolish because you're, you're, you're trying to buy a guy, a vision of a guy who used to be great. He's a good player when healthy, but the problem is he's just not that healthy. And to pay that kind of money? And give up a first round pick, and we what we know um, next year in terms of the salary cap, they're not expecting it to. to you know, still going to be you know kind of mm-hmm. kind of tight because of COVID. So I, I wouldn't be doing that yeah. if if you felt like you were one player away. But I don't think Julio's the teams I'm hearing are not one player away. I have heard that New England may be in there, but we know New England's not giving up a one. That's just yeah. not what they do. Mm-hmm. That that's just not what they're going to do. For and it seems like, like with New England, they got the, the two tight end set. They're trying to go back to that old um, what is that shoot was read and run running oh, read. With, uh, when they, when they had uh, Gronk and yeah, Hernandez. Gronk and Hernandez in there, so well, they, they got a receiver too. Though they they spent a lot of money on. And keep in mind, 
Okay, we know how this this media thing works. The Falcons will sit up here and tell somebody, yeah, we've got it. Somebody, somebody wants the one. So that's what you say to put it out there. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, that's, that, that benefits them to go tell some some reporter, mm-hmm. we got a one. Somebody's going to offer us a one. Well, if that was the case, why don't you deal? Yeah, right? why don't you take that? Okay? That's true. Right. That's if true. you offer me a one, sure. sure. Sold. <laughs> Sold. Sold. They got to wait so, till June 1st, though. It doesn't matter. You can make oh, an agreement all day long. As a matter of fact, what is it? That's like three days, isn't it? Okay, but you can, I mean, what hold the whole golf deal wasn't official until whatever, but they still made the deal. A-Rod. With, with uh, Stafford and Golf. Is, is A-Rod staying in Green Bay? Yes. Well, will he be a Packer? I, I, yes. do, I do think so as well. I Aaron, Aaron Rodgers will not be traded this year. Gutekinds might be fired, but I don't think A-Rod going anywhere. But Aaron Rodgers is not going to be traded this year. But you think you think he's staying? Not think he's staying. Yeah. Look, think he's staying. At the end of the day, they 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 were for the last two years since they decided that Mike McCarthy was the wrong guy. They've gone twenty six and six, and they have been to the NFC Championship game twice. They are trying to use Aaron Rodgers to make a Super Bowl this year. League MVP and league MVP after this season. When I was listening to Andrew Brandt, who used to be the money man for the Green Bay Packers, and I thought he had a great take on uh, Sirius XM Radio, and he's uh, he's got his own podcast. He said, "You know, oh by the way, I've been here, boys. <laughs> been here. It's all with Favre and, and, and Rogers." He said, "But they're going to keep him this year, and then after this year, they'll be done, and they're going to give the give it to Jordan Love. Can't give it to Jordan Love right now because you haven't seen him do anything. He didn't have he didn't have an opportunity for OTAs, mini camps, preseason games. So um, while Aaron is away right now, Jordan Love, you're going to get your opportunity to show what you can do. And one of the things you got that, no receivers up there." <laughs> All the receivers, <laughs> the receivers, all five receivers. They, they chilling too. They chilling. <laughs> do what you do, Joe Love. Throw the knees out. Go ahead, go there. And Nick, we Saint Brown. Saint Brown. Get you some Alan Lazard in there. Get you some. It's tough out here, man. So, so they're going to use this opportunity for Jordan Love to show them what they can do. And one of the things Andrew Brand spoke about is while Brett Favre was was staying away. Aaron Rodgers showed them that he could command the offense, mm-hmm. understood what he was doing, so that was his time. So let's see if Jordan Love is smart enough to take advantage of his opportunities, but I don't think they're going to trade him. You're talking about the cost of, of trading him, and they're trying to win. You are in a win-now window. So, And I don't think Jordan Love's that good. I mean, after, after they've had to see him do reps out there. I mean, he's he had to practice at least on the scout team, at least in, you know something like that, some regard. And I don't think they got a lot of faith in him. That's why they keep hyping up A-Rod. Because he's talking crazy about him. He's talking crazy about the Packers, and they just, oh, that's our guy. They, they, he they, is listen, our guy. they deserve all the misery they talk. Because we was all sitting here looking like, did they draft the quarterback in the first yeah, round? Yeah, yeah. no, they, they started it. They, they definitely they started it. up in the draft. Yes. The draft. And, they they moved and he made all those receivers better than what we thought they would be. Look who he was playing with. Alan Lazar. I mean, outside of Devontae, Devontae Adams. Adams. You got a, a fifth round tight end, Tanya. Yeah. You got, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, league MVP. That league thing. MVP. So, I mean... Yeah, he can I, talk I, all that mess. Yeah, he can. He can. <laughs> yeah, so I, but I, I, I just I see Aaron playing. Yeah, and I think this will be the the, the last year there. So, uh, by the way, it's Friday night. Mav, it's the Mavs. Mavs Clippers. Mavs Clippers. Three O baby. You think it's going three O? Three O. They can't stop Luca. Come on. You think it's going three O? Oh yeah. They what you think? They're gonna get him up out of there. Yeah, playoff P. They're gonna get him up. Playoff. <laughs> championship. Playoff. Championship P. He put stress on. He put pressure on himself. Like how Jalen switched the number. <laughs> I'm playoff P. Ain't nobody give you that nickname. I'm playoff P. And no, he went no, out there and no, stunk no, it no, up. No, no, no. What he said. He said to the Oklahoma. I guess y'all hadn't seen playoff P. <laughs> You heard what Charles Barkley said. They don't call me Championship Chucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, 
<laughs> the most damning thing, and you, and you can see it on YouTube, but the most damning thing is when they asked Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony, because they all went to the podium and they were Oklahoma City, yep. and they asked about playoff P, like, what? And Carmelo's like, who? And Russ laughed. He's like, oh, that's what he calls himself, playoff P? And, and Carmelo's smirking, and he's like, I'm going to let you answer that. He's a playoff P. He laughing, and Russ is laughing. Like, your own guys. That's Your it. own dudes are laughing at you, calling yourself playoff P. The Clippers have now lost five straight playoff five. games going into last year. And so if you're down 3-0, it's truly a wrap. But if I'm Ty Lu, I write on the clipboard what Pat Riley wrote in Game 3 of the 2006 NBA Finals when the Mavericks were up 2-0 and they were up 13 points with six minutes to go. He wrote on the clipboard, just held it up, said season. Just wrote up on the clipboard, just looked at what he do, season. Ty Lue, you need to do that. He need to read that, and he better make sure Pat Beverly did not guard Luka Doncic. Um, That's what he need to do. Uh, you know what Pat Beverly's doing? Yeah, yeah. Take, Pat take Beverly ain't him. been in the league since 2006. He, right? he, <laughs> supposed be, he, he supposed to be known for defense. I'm just telling they you. They fired Doc Rivers over defense. Steve Ballmer fired Doc because he didn't like what he was doing on defense with the big man, um, and and decided that you know you got to go. And I'm and, and, <laughs> look at Philly. You see that. Yes, but you see that gif that they have on Twitter when when said when Pat Bev guards Luca, Luca's reaction. He said, "I know that who I think it is. I know that. 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 I think it is." So, I'm telling you, man. So the season. I mean, this is this is the whole, tonight is the season. And, and if I'm Rick Carlisle, I write the same thing on my on a blackboard. Season, guys, we can make our season tonight. By going out here and sticking it to these guys. Go ahead. Fit, these dudes want to be finished. Finish them. But, Tonight, go up 3-0. Finish these guys. But you you said they fired Doc Rivers because of defense. You see, at watching that Dallas game, they are switching. They are letting this man switch and get Pat Beverly on him every single time. Don't try. <laughs> You're trying to make sense of it. But this is what happens when the owners get involved. So Steve, ba- Steve Ballmer bad. is out here <laughs> saying, I'm killing my dog. <laughs> Mike, no, my man, I just so throw the names Steve, out there. Steve, Steve Ballmer sat up here and placed the blame. And doc, yeah. I mean, and I go back to also when they lost. You know, going to the press conference, you got Morris and you got Kawhi talking about how, you know, this was supposed to be their year. And then you got playoff piece saying, nah, we didn't think it was going to be this. It was transition year. So you got guys on different pages. Xavier Woods. Okay. Who is this? I'm fire right yeah, now. Like, hey, I told next? you. I came today, baby. Who's next? <laughs> you got Stephen A. Smith saying Kawhi is out. Kawhi is going to uh, Miami. So that means they're just going to be left with playoff P and that bad contract. And mm. then you know, they gave him all that money because they gave up all those all picks those to picks. Oklahoma City to go get him. And it's it's Clipperland is going to be messed up because Kawhi, why would Kawhi come back? I mean, personally, the Mavericks and a whole bunch of folks, when Kawhi opts out, need to be on the phone. What's it going to take? Especially the Mavs. Come bring on bring him down here. Bring him yeah. on down here. They're going to punish him tonight, though, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Real quick, before, they, before we get – I know yeah, CB probably like, what, yeah. what the heck's going on with these dudes? Real quick, who won? Kwame Brown or everybody else? Who you who you got? Let me who tell you got? something. I don't know about everybody else, but I watched the little the, the video Steven that Steven they put yes, yes, when, he, when he had the oh, highlight with the, the low light yeah. of Kwame. That was he shocked in the fool version. Yeah, it was it was pretty it was, bad, bro. Was, I, but I haven't seen all Kwame stuff. But Stephen they went on TV. Yeah, and, got, and, got, and, and did I'm the surprised Stephen they even responded. Like he, he I'm surprised personal. he responded. But personal. I mean, at the end of the day, 
what they said about him as a player was true. Yeah. This guy was a bad number one pick. He was not a good player. Yeah. And he went personal with folks, but what they were saying about him as a player, that wasn't that, those weren't cheap shots. Those were facts. But what I don't like about what he keeps saying is, yeah, you can't tear another black man down like that. Say so their job is to critique and do uh, and analyze what's going on mm-hmm. on the basketball court. That don't have nothing to do with them trying to take care of you as a as a black man. They supposed to just talk uh-huh. good about everybody, even though they doing playing like garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, stop! I'm like stop bringing that. That's, it, everything your, your ain't cr- that. Your mm-hmm. career was a failure. Yeah, everything ain't yeah. that, bro. Okay, at the end of the day, Kwame Brown's career as an NBA basketball player was a bust. That is not a cheap shot. That is just merely pure fact. Stephen A. Smith put the videos out there. You just saw it. You played for seven different teams, and you just were not a good basketball player. I'm not sure what Mike Wilbon, Stephen A. Smith, Mark Spears, or anybody else over at ESPN is supposed to say about you as a player. I'm sorry. You weren't good. You weren't even JaVale McGee. At least JaVale McGee was a part of a couple championship mm-hmm. teams and was tried to help some folks out, and you know, but you you weren't that. Um and I can definitely say this because I've been around a lot of those guys. They've done a lot to help black men oh, yeah. and black athletes and black coaches. They've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, those aren't the people to say that they haven't. You can disagree at times with their take on things, but to sit around here and act like those guys haven't helped people, mm-hmm. you can't say that at all. You, you really cannot say that at all or picked up the banner and just raised awareness for things that are going on. Um, I hate to see that they've gotten to this type of level mm-hmm. where we just sitting around here you know, blasting each other in this form and fashion, but um, he wasn't a good player. And Michael Jordan drafted him. And these are the kinds of things. And you, you know I'm a Mike guy. That's my guy, dog team. But I, I can't defend these kinds of decisions that Michael's made through. Oh, yeah. As you drafted GM. Kwame Brown. You yeah. drafted uh, uh, Adam Morrison. I mean, you drafted some dudes that are just bad and just like, what are you doing? You it drafted. Looks like he might have found one with uh, no. Mitch well, Kupchak found one. Well, they, they drafted Malik Monk <laughs> and didn't take Spider, um, who's uh, killing it up there in Utah. I mean, they, they, you talk about misses, man. He missed on Brandon Roy. I mean, Michael's teams have missed bad, and. And that's part of it. He, he chose Kwame Brown and messed up. But that is that. Hey, look, all right, we're we, we 12 oh, minutes yeah, we over. over. Okay, My we're bad, 12 CB. minutes over. CB, uh, Chris Beam, our producer, we appreciate you as always. All right, fun stuff. Danny, Danny McRae, number 40. Barry Church, number 42. Newey Scruggs, merely a reporter. Thank you for checking out the Players Lodge. Brought to you by Hotels.com right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Would you say top 10? This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!